Well, good morning. This is our uh, Tuesday morning encouragement, and this is not my wife. Are we unmuted, any? And we are here. I got Chad. Yeah. Chad's had an eventful week. Yep. You know, in one week's time, you've uh, done two, actually four shows. Something like that, yeah. It's a lot to go through, but uh, we had a little babysitter. uh, Fupa. Yeah, Fupa, Sniffles, and wife is with the children so we oh, miss wow. you lex but today uh we had we have a good one when lex gets back about ringing the bell and you know sounding the alarm but yep. you know you've been in leadership not leadership you've been in church yes when did you start going to church i started so, going to church when i was a kid so, i think i started going to church like on my own volition when i was probably like 15 and then 14, like 14. started volunteering on like a heavy yeah. rotation yeah. when I, I got uh well 14 so okay. like so i got like really like actually like okay i'm love jesus and then it's like uh i don't have a job so how do i give back to the place that's like giving me right. so much and so i was like i want to serve so i literally asked somebody to serve after a service and they're like oh yeah well, you can serve in the parking lot that is like, awesome. You started your ministry career yeah, in the parking lot. In the well, parking lot. Yeah. So today's really about not being let down by leaders, right. uh, how to navigate uh, the life of ministry, especially when you're, it doesn't matter if you're attending, right. volunteering, right. or even a part of a ministry, yeah. there's people involved and people 100%. have an ability to let you down. And we have this misnomer that ministers or women, men, however you want to yeah. label them, they're not going to let me down because they're in the faith. Right. They only have good intentions. Right. right. Which hopefully they do. Yeah. But odds are you're going to get, uh, you know, let down at some level, and it's sure. super hard when you've been attending and you you're giving your all. Yeah. And your leader is not, or yep. you see them do something. Right. And it's like, um, yeah, is that is, is that in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I think. You know, this is what I, I want to walk through. If you guys have had a traumatic experience, I, I feel like we need to talk about because I do think yeah. there's a day coming where more leaders are being exposed for, for a sure. plethora of reasons. Yeah. And it's going to get hard. And if we don't stand and say, no, there are good leaders, there yeah. are good churches, there are yeah. good people, yeah. don't let the bad ones ruin it for all of That's us. Good. Because yeah. uh, I'm sure you and I could do a whole show on... Uh, what we've seen yeah something else. and uh it's like i don't know if that's in the bible yeah i think a lot of times too like it comes down to like our own perception of like what we've built up as like the standard in our mind because right. a lot of times too like leaders are humans like right you know like our, our leader like they're they're dealing with the same things we're dealing with they're dealing with the same family things the same dynamics you know the crazy in law like every they're dealing with it all right so it's like you know i think a lot of times we put people on pedestals and they don't belong on pedestals like the right. only person that belongs on a pedestal is jesus right like that's like that's the that's that's where it should be and so i think a lot of times because of the i guess the proximity of a leader like they they are seen as like above you or something like that but like they a lot of times the good leaders they don't view it as being above you they see this being alongside right i think that's where i've really identified like good leaders is like and we see it at our churches like no come alongside me let's do this together and right. it's like that's that's a sign of a good leader right is someone that's not putting themselves on a pedestal because i think a lot of times the the trap of a leader is to put yourself above others and and, right. and, to, and to hoard other, over others and so i think that's where then the pitfall comes in is then it's like now you've created yourself as a higher entity and so now you can fall harder 
in people's eyes. Well, in today's age, we're creating personas. Yes. Oh, and it doesn't much. matter what camp you're in. I've yeah. seen uh, females become very yep. either uh, aggressive, yep. mild. And if you stay in that persona too long, you can get right. a little... Uh, it can cause cracks because that's... Yeah. God never called us to put on a, a stage name, nope. you know, and, and this is where I laughed at. I feel like a lot of ministry is like wrestling is what's going to work. <laughs> yep. Let's, let's test the audience. Yep. And then if, if, if it hits, we'll just play into that. And yeah. that's not what Paul was no. ever thinking of. No. And you go back into Revelation, and I know our men's leader has been talking a lot about, yeah. you know, the, the Ephesus church lost their first love. And I'm sure you have seen a lot of churches yeah. that do church well, but they've lost the love of God. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, because you've seen it and we were talking right before, but like it's become like a machine. Like it's become like this thing where like ministry for a leader sometimes, you look at them and they're like, they just see it as a cog. Like they just see you as a cog. right? And like you're just this cog in the machine. The machine is ministry and we have service on Sunday and we have service on Wednesday and you fill a cog that makes that happen. Right. And then they don't see you as a person. They don't see you as uh, as as a volunteer. They don't see you as someone that's serving the house of God. They see you just serving the machine. Or really their purpose. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times it's like, it's hard because as a leader, it is the the, one, the pitfall is to see things very cynically mm-hmm. and to see things as like, well, they're just serving a means to an end. Right. Because I've seen churches where, you know, you'll have a volunteer that serves faithfully for four or five years, like every service. And then they just kind of get like tired of it. And it's not because of anybody sometimes, you know, that did something, whatever. It just, when you serve and you don't sit in the service for a while, like, and once again, the leader's not saying, hey, why don't you sit in the service? Like someone's identifying like, hey, you need some help here. Uh, and then they get burnt out and then they they leave or they disappear for a while. And they, they call them, they're like, hey, are you coming back? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Are you going to serve? No. Uh, Okay, and they never contact him again. Right, and it's like, wait, that's not the heart of a leader. Like, right, I, I'd rather see you in the house of God and not serving and and thriving as a person than being in the house of God, burnt out, not caring about anything and serving. And it's like, but but people would rather people come in and serve and. It's like uh, serve their own, like you were saying, their own benefits right. and their own, like, make this thing happen. Yeah, not even on a senior level. Yeah. You know, every uh, ministry has a leader, you know, department, right. and they're trying to get yes. volunteers, and it's, you, you end up becoming a recruiter. You feel like yeah. you're an army recruiter. Well, and, yeah, and that, and that is what it is. And I, I think a lot of times, too, like, the, and that's, I think, the problem that a lot of churches have is the leaders that are in the departments don't have the heart of the senior leader Mm -hmm. and so the and that and that's why a lot of times the the hiring process for churches matters so much and that's why like people will make fun of like oh the the seat's been vacant for five six months like well yeah they're trying to find the right person right like you you don't want to just rush and just hire whoever because a lot of times somebody will come in and if they're not your because i've seen it happen so many times there was a church where they had a thriving young adults ministry and the person that was there was actually removed from that situation because the per- the old person had come back. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted the old person to come back. And so this other person had grown this ministry, like 100, 140 young people, or y- y- young adults. And this person took over tw- a month later, they're at 20 adults, young mm-hmm. adults. And then they're at 15. And it's like they killed the entire, just because the, the pastor was like, oh, he used to do it. He'll be great. Right. Uh, we don't need you anymore. And it's like, and then he killed the whole ministry. And it was because they brought in someone who no longer had the heart of the ministry. Right. And it was like, and and they didn't, as as senior leadership didn't see that. And mm-hmm. so then it caused a divide at that level. It is hard. Hey, uh, Miranda, we got Lex, Dean, Dean. 
Good to see you guys. Um, you know, and, and this is show is not to like hear the war stories of oh, necessarily sure. me and Chad, but it's to let you know, like, if you have had the, I hate that we now have a term church hurt. Yeah. Oh my but goodness. That means that there it's diagnosed yeah. at a level that many people are uh, frustrated to go back to church. Yeah. Uh, you have terminologies now, PK kids. Oh my goodness. And yeah. they sadly don't have a good reputation. Right. Uh, you have, just all of these, uh, you know, your full-time ministry, yep. uh, you know, you have these like now labels. Yes. And my thing is, is that I believe that we are going to see where God is f- tired of the uh, persona. Oh, yeah. People who are in it for their own accolades. Yep. Finan- There's definitely money to be made in ministry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, sadly, you know, there was a, a what I thought for the last 30 years was Robbie Zacharias was a great uh, minister. Which yeah. His uh, vocabulary, his wordsmith was out of this world. He could go right. debate any atheist. Yeah. His uh, personal life was not on uh, par. No. He enjoyed uh, massages, owned, I think, about six massage parlors. And it was super sad because all of his life's work went yeah. down the drain Completely. the second he passed away because everybody came out. Yep. But I remember him talking about in the late 90s, we had this boom. Mm. Vinny would probably remember when Christian music turned from like kind of clinky weird to like yeah. pop. Yeah. People were, if you couldn't, here, here was the way, if you couldn't, if it was rock, uh-huh. couldn't make it in the rock scene, you'd do country. Country okay. could get you in because everyone had the emotional. And if right. you couldn't make country, you went bounced into Christian. Yes. You got a couple of singles and, and then, then you, you would move up. Yes. And so everybody was getting in the Christian ministry, and they just called it encouragement. Right. If they weren't totally sold out. Yeah. And so they did a poll in um, Bible school, how many people were saved. Now, that's a poll you shouldn't wow. uh, poll. No. You would think everyone. It was over 60% of the people there weren't, didn't even believe in God. That's But they crazy. heard, if I wrote two books, yep. and it could run a, a ministry of about 80 people, I could make 100K a year. Yep. Right. And they literally admitted in school that they were there for the money, that they liked motivating people. They didn't even believe that in then. that was 20 plus years ago. How much more is it? Right. And so this was like before our social media where everyone's yeah. a social media exactly. minister and, yeah. you know, we're seeing that whole thing play out weird. Which is and, so odd. But, but yeah. what concerns me is when we come to church, this is what I've noticed over the years is you enter you want you you what you need is right. how you perceive people. So if you're sure. coming out out of like an emotional trauma, yeah, you need that emotional love, and oh, then you sure. always become like I need they, they're not paying attention to me. Sure. Um, if you come uh, being able to have finances, yeah, you want them to love your money. Sure. And so it's a very dangerous place how we walk into the church because point. we yeah. don't evolve. We still want to be loved. Yep. Or, you know, there's like the beginning days where they're making sure you're okay. And then they, okay, here's the yeah. group of friends. How come he's not calling me anymore? Yeah. She doesn't check on me anymore. And right. we forget that there's new people. We yeah. don't want any new. Here's what I found. In the construction world, it's okay to get your backyard remodeled. Uh-huh. You make all the construction noise. But as soon as you close up shop, yeah. nobody else should make noise. Like, you know, especially if you're in a, a busy town, yeah. there's, it's like, they don't want that, but yeah. it was okay for them. Yeah, 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 And I find that in the church, they're, they're happy to get all the, the newness, yep. but they don't want anybody new to come behind them. Exactly. And it gets weird because there's, it's all people. There's no yeah. products in church. Exactly. 
and people are messy. Yeah, people are messy, and I think that's the, the thing is people bring in their own unique problems, right? And I think that's where like in it, and I think the same way you're saying like that you come in with a uh, kind of a pre made up mindset that can also like someone comes in and that can upset the balance because if someone wasn't ready for that person with that mess to come in, but it's like, Hey, this is, this is Christianity. We're supposed to deal with, we're supposed to love each other, but also deal with each other's stuff. Like we're called to be a big family Mm -hmm. and it's like people walk in the door and yeah, they're dealing with things that you may not agree with, but at the same time, like it's, it's, it's time to buckle down and help each other. Like, I think that's the problem is like a lot of times we see it as like, this is, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with, this much of Jesus, like we'll let this much of Jesus operate because it's comfortable. But mm-hmm. then this other side of Jesus, the redemption side of Jesus, I don't know if I like that. Right. And so I think I think that's the thing is you see a lot of church leaders that they unintentionally create church hurt because they've made up in their mind like what's too much for them or like right. how much they're willing to give. And that's the other thing too is like is and then it's like there are safe there's there's safe boundaries you know right. as leaders I think leaders have to have boundaries and so I think what you're saying there is like a lot of times we don't respect their boundaries sometimes right. too it's like they hey they have a family they got to go back to right. you know they have all these things and so then we want so much of them and they're so willing to give and it's like but then you talk to people that have been in ministry for 15 20 25 years they're like eventually some point you have to put up a little bit of like a Hey, I'm going to go talk to my wife now, you know, like, oh, hey, right. I, I'm going to make sure my kids are doing okay. You know, like, I'm great. We had this eight hour conversation. Awesome. I got to go check on my family now. Right. And so I think a lot of times our expectations of leaders are they're there 24 seven. Right. Which they are. They will be. But, but they're not a 24 hour doctor. Like, right. Hey, I got a sore throat. Yeah. Uh, I need to talk. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, somebody said something mean to me in the in the parking lot today. And it's like. Yeah, well, you don't have to go call them at 8 p.m. <laughs> right. and tell them that. You know, right. I, I think we, it, but it's it's funny because God's graced leaders with the grace to hear the 9 p.m. phone calls. It's like, right. Susie Q said she didn't like my dress today. And it's right. like, okay, like, what what do you want me to do? It's like, I think she has a spirit of this. And it's like, well, why are you telling me this at 9 p.m.? You know what it's like? Because I've seen, I've been on the other side of that, getting phone calls as a leader and being told like, hey, did you hear so-and-so said this? And it's like, yeah, but they probably didn't mean that. It's also 10 p.m. <laughs> like, like, let, let, right. let, talk to me tomorrow at 9 a.m. Like, like, call me. Like, but and that's what you want to do as a leader. And some, so sometimes when leaders do put up the boundaries, people will go, "Well, they didn't answer my phone call." Right. And it's like, and then the church hurt starts. Yeah. And it's like, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you're choosing to be. I hurt. see where I see where I fit in your life. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, I see, I see. You don't, you can't answer me now. Like you used to, like you said, you used to answer my phone calls. Right. But it's like I think we have to realize when we mature, like you're a baby Christian. Mm-hmm. And then they're they're there to help you change your diapers, you know all that. And then when you go up, it's like okay, like now you can reach and eat the meat yourself, and you can you know it's like eventually like you have to realize they have to go help someone else. Like right. they have to they have to go help someone else be a baby Christian. And so I think that's a lot of times it, it, where you said church hurt. That's a lot of it because you listen to people and they'll tell stories about yeah they used to call me all the time and and now I don't hear from them anymore. And yeah. it's like. Well, it's a church of three, four hundred, five hundred people. <laughs> right. Like, there's other. And like, what I love what you said is there's other people. Right. Like there's other people that will check in. There's peer to peer. But I think a lot of times we want acceptance from a leader. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, hundred percent. We all do. And I, I just think I, I think what it is is managing expectations right. of your leaders. Right. And that's why it's like I, I'm gonna call my leader when things are happening that I really need help with, or like you know, like when just being transparent, we had some scares with. 
uh, the, the pregnancy that we currently have. And I, I would call Pastor Dennis and be like, hey, you know, just pray for us because it, it it's like a calming thing. And like, right. but he's open to, to receive that. And it's not like a, a bother to him. Right. And so, and and that's him, that's on him as being a great leader and, and taking that phone call because he doesn't have to. Well, that's you know? the, that's the enjoyment of having good leaders yes. who care to know what's going on in your life. Yeah. Because uh, we've done that on a culture show where people didn't even know your kid's name oh or goodness. you were even married. Yeah, it's like and it was it was wild and bizarre, like legit. There were people that were like, "Oh, you're married? <laughs> you have a kid?" And like, and pushing into that, you know, this is not a, a bashing moment. It's no. for us to recognize we're all human. Right. We all have different personalities. So. We have different likes. Like you know, yeah. I find it uh, we're completely acceptable. If you like baseball and I like basketball, sure. we don't try to force yeah. those types of things or it can be, but in the ministry space, it's like, if we've heard a sermon, we run to our leadership right. and say, have you heard this? Yeah. You need this. Like yeah, they yeah. don't have the telephone to God. They're not in prayer, yeah. which hopefully they are. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I've found in my life, you know, listening to a lot of different things it's not my job to go to my leader and say, you know, you need to right. listen to this guy. You should have him in. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like disrespectful. Yeah, it's like, sure. you're not doing what I enjoy. Yeah. So you better start doing. And it's like, <laughs> I had to find myself like, look, this is what I enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy it. But then go to the house that God, you know, has built for yeah. this community yeah, and get the good. community out of it and stop trying to force an agenda. Yeah. And, it's you know, good. the irony is I'm probably one of the most talkative persons oh, you know, sure. with this yeah. show. Oh, yeah. But at church, I somehow have found a place to be quiet. Yeah. Like, I don't try to spew different. Right. Because I found that, what's the point? Right. And I don't want to make people feel like... Then it just becomes everybody has their agenda. Well, and I think one thing that you found out, and it's, it definitely is that submitting under somebody is the best thing you could possibly do. Mm -hmm. Because now you have covering, now you have people, and, and you're saying, hey, you know, I have all these opinions, but I'm gonna submit this under the house. Right. And I'm not gonna bring up these random things, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna submit under the house, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be under their leadership and under their guidance, and I'm gonna go by what they're, now when I'm outside, when I'm doing my own thing, it is what it is, like I'll do whatever, but when I'm under and submitted under this house, this is who I am. Correct. And I think a lot of times people don't, and this is the thing about leadership is that, you know, we are meant to submit under leadership. And so I think a lot of times because of the culture of social media and the culture of everything is like, you know, be your own person and like, right. you know, like you don't need the law, you know, and yeah. it's like, but sometimes like it's glory follows order. Like mm -hmm. it's things that I I may not know things. So no, I need to submit under this leader. Cause like, and I said it on, I think last week on the, the, the encouragement show is, you know, there were things, there are attributes that I've gotten from leaders by submitting under them mm -hmm. that I, I didn't even realize I, I had access to till a year ago or like a couple months ago that I, leaders that I served under 10 years ago. And it's like, there's a deposit that happens when you go under someone right. and say, okay, you know what? I don't totally agree with everything. Like it is what it is, but I agree with the way that this person is chasing after God, how they're unique, how they're transparent, how they're not trying to put on a persona, how they care for people, how they care for the community. I'm going to submit under that. And then God's going to bless that because I'm saying, God, I, this is not my will, your will. And I'm going to submit under this person because I feel like this is the person that I'm supposed to submit under. Right. And then now I think w when you submit under someone, I think you're basically saying, okay, I get the flaws, but at the same time, I'm going to overlook them because I see the God they're chasing. 
I see what they're chasing. I see their goals. I see everything that, that I see the good that they're, that they're doing. And I'm going to say, okay, I want that in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's, it's, it's always good to like, you know, I think a lot of times you submit under a leader and then, cause I, I've done it so much as like you, and you've, I, you've definitely done it in the sense of you submit under somebody and you start to realize like, I don't know if this is right <laughs> anymore. And then it's like, it's hard because you still love the person, but like you see, cause like the thing I've come in contact with and we were just talking about earlier, but the white knuckle leaders, the ones that just hold on to things. Right. And if, if eventually they don't let go, then you have to let go. Right. But you're submitted under them. And when you leave, you leave right. You right. leave in the sense of saying, okay, like, hey, it's been great. It's awesome. But like, because I've served under white knuckle leaders and some of them have finally let go. And I've been able, and you're like, okay, like, this is great. Like, we're good now. Now there's other white knuckle leaders that were just holding it. And it's like, okay, I just moved here, moved my health life here, and I'm gone in four months. Right. And it's like, you know, it's like, hey, I served as long as I possibly could. And then they weren't letting go. And so, right. like, I didn't bash them and come in there and, hey, you need to do this or that or the other. It's like, no, like, that's God's, God's going to work on them. I think that's the problem a lot of times is we'll, we want God to work on leaders immediately because we see the flaws. Right. We're like, God, fix it. Like, God, God, look at this. Do you believe this? And it's like, I, I love what pa Pastor Jesus was talking about lunch, you know, things that, like, our beliefs, like, not, not sin, but, like, things that, like, we perceive as, as something wrong. It's not like biblically wrong. Right. And then we'll be like, God, why do they do that? And it's right. like, yeah, but like, it's not sin. Like it's not, it's not, it's not whatever. It's just like a, a, an issue that you have. Like it's a, it's a personal core value you have. Maybe they don't share. Right. And then you're going to hold them up to that standard. And now it's like, but maybe they're not meant to be held to that standard. And that's, I think that's the key because, you know, I've, I have enjoyed the last, I think four or five months, the old Testament. Yeah. And, you know, we talk of Gideon, we talk of David, we right. talk of all of these Bible greats. So if you're been in kids ministry, you hear of Gideon in 300. Yeah. <laughs> what we don't read is two chapters later, he's fought everybody yeah. and they're like, we want to make you King. And it's the second time he's like, yeah. no, no, just give me all your gold rings and I'm going to go make an ephod. And then he took the whole yep. country of Israel back down to worshiping idols after you just brought them out from fighting right. the, I think it's the Amorites yeah. or this ite. But it's like, you look at David. So I just studied this up two days ago was he's at the end of his life. You right. know, he's, they know he's passing. Yep. So they're like, well, we're going to send him a girl. Like this is, you know, it's so interesting yep. when you hear and read the Bible, you're like, uh, what did it just say? Yep. But it gets down and he goes, I'm going to count all my army. Like he knows he's like, he's not as strong. Right. So I need to know how much I have. Mm. And that's really the one sin that got God frustrated and was like, yeah. all right, you've got three options. Yeah. You're going to live in uh, a famine. I'm going to, you know, come after, I think it, it was three things. I, I know he picked the three day, just do whatever right. you want. But it, yeah. I, I think we forget that these people are human. Yeah. So yeah, David yes. was by far human. Like Very. he starts out great. Yep. You know, he's, he's uh, worshiping God, you know, and then yep. he's uh, being anointed King slays the giant. Yep. And then picture it gets, perfect. Everything it starts. It always starts out great. Yeah, yeah. And then success comes. And yep. then it's like, you know, we have the whole, he was supposed to be out at war. And if he wasn't, you know, at home, there yep. would never have been a Bathsheba. But then I'm like, does he have to be at war his whole life? Yep. That's a whole nother thing. Yep. But I look at it from the man, the individual. Yep. Right. You see all these people who uh, we glorify the story, but we forget there was a person in it. And I, my concern is we're holding people at a pedestal yep. of like, 
it's a pastor. Yeah. It's a worship leader. They should well, they never. They have to go through a process too. Right. right? But, I mean, so but they should never process. do that to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like why, yeah. why, you know, I was on the team one day. Yeah. The next they've moved on. Yeah. And it's like we we forget that there's a lot of things happening. Right. Especially when we walk into church, it's been running like ours that we attend has been functioning for yeah. 20 years yeah. in one location. Yeah. But yourself, everybody in this office has been all over the United States and churches, even the world. Yeah. We've seen a lot. Oh, it's yeah. super easy to come in and have an opinion. 100%. And, and the Lord yeah. had to check me about six months in and be like, you know, uh, 15 years ago, they didn't even know of you. You yeah. didn't know of them. Yeah. And somehow yeah. they were function. able to get the electricity yeah. turned on. Yeah. They yep. were able to lay a brick and yep. put the fire. And it's like, we forget what they have yeah. been laboring. 100%. But we have. the, And it's like, yeah. I had to in my own life realize, hey, I'm so thankful that someone plowed for 20 years. Oh, my goodness. That I yeah. walk into this. Of course. And I shouldn't have to dump on them and be like, you know, yeah. uh, the carpet yeah. should be uh, gray now because brown is no longer. It's like, yeah. does that matter? Yeah, 100%. And, and, that, and that goes to the submitting side. Right. Like you said, okay, you know what? I'm going to submit under them. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think because a lot of times, like, and, and that's great because when you do go from a ministry to ministry or you go from, you know, serving somewhere for a long time to another place, it can become very, uh, I guess, easy mm -hmm. to start criticizing everything. Right. Well, my old church did this. And, my right. old, and it's like, yeah, but like you don't have the salt. Like you don't have the time invested that they do. Right. And so I think a lot of times, like I think we don't appreciate, I think that's what we don't, we don't appreciate the process. We don't appreciate the the, the time that it took people to get to where they are. Right. And so just because, because and I think that's the, the temptation is we see things bigger, better, whatever, and they went through a process. And, you know, this other pastor, they, they've been there for 25 years and they did this and you served under them and you come to another pastor and they're not where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to be like, oh, well, I know how to get there. And it's like, no, you don't. You didn't right. put in the process and the time. Right. Like you may know the systems and you may know, like it, it's it's like, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I like video games. Right. And, and you know, you can look at someone that's like, you go into a game and they're like leveled up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I want to get to where you're at. And it's like, oh, yeah, you got to put 20 hours in before right. you even could play what I'm playing. Right. And it's like, that's that's the same thing with ministry. It's like, you got to put in 20 years before you can get to this point. Right. You know, before you, because there's people that like, they there's ministers that make decisions and it's like, you don't even, you didn't put in the the time or the effort to even be there to make that decision. Right. Like they're, they're making that decision because they put in the blood, the sweat and the tears for 20 years. And it's like, that's why you need to submit under a leader because it's like, you didn't put in that time. Right. They did. Right, right. You don't get to question their decision. Right. Because you don't know the pain and the blood that they had to spill just to get to that point. You know, like, and, 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 and it's like, okay, like, I, I'm going to submit under somebody because I'm going to believe that God's going to bless my submitting under them, but also that God's going to allow me, if I'm going to play a part, that God can use me through that leader. Right. And so I think that's that's a lot of times like I, I, I think the, the beauty of submitting to the process and the submitting to the thing is just saying, you know what, I'm okay being hurt. Like because mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of times like there's unintentional church hurt and mm -hmm. things that like nobody meant like you nobody meant this that way, but it no. just happened. Right. And so a lot of times submitting is saying, I'm okay that I am gonna get hurt, but mm -hmm. I'm not gonna let it offend me. Because there's right. a difference between an open wound and you just letting it fester right letting it heal is one thing letting it fester is another thing right so it's like yeah i'm gonna get cut because i think that's the thing Le leadership like 
they're going to cut you. They're going to see things in you because you're going to submit on or They're going to say, hey, why are you doing this? Right. And you're going to be like, well, who are they? Well, you submitted it. And that's Which, why And the Bible important. talks about, yeah. you know, cutting out the, 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 the branches that are not producing yes. fruit. And there was no process in God's thing where we're not going right. to, we're not going to, um, cut. You're getting cut irregardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to cut back to see new fruit, yes. and we're definitely cutting the old one. Yeah. It's a cutting process, yeah. however you go through yeah. it. Well, I love even like what Christina was saying about on, on the interview with Speak Life, is she was saying like the weeds, about the weeds. Like You're going to pull the weeds, and like sometimes there was a, a specific uh, weed or whatever that you didn't know until it fully grew, whether it was a weed or whether it was the the, 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 the produce or whatever. Right. And so it's like you're going to have to go through the plucking, yep. and it's going to hurt, and it's going to be whatever, but you're, you've got to submit to that process. Right. Um, so Alexis says, I commend the leaders out there having to lead people that are entitled victims and, so, uh, and full of self has to be challenging, but God, uh, the Jessica Riley said, we were, we were talking about the pruning last night in our life group. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's the part of it is like, I think, I think what's great is, is like when you submit under a leader, you're under covering. Right. So it's like, it's one thing. Cause like I've been out of covering before and having to go through the pruning and it's not fun. Right. Um, it, it, it's not, it's not fun to go through that process and not have someone above you to say, Hey, you know, you don't like, I, I remember there was a situation where I was like literally pulling everything out of my life. Like, I'm going to throw this out and I, I, was, I just want to get right. And then the leader was like, you don't have to get rid of that. Like, right. you don't have, like. I get your zeal, but like you understand, that's not a sin. And I'm like, right. oh, okay, it's not. And it's like, oh, you're right, it's not. Like, and it's like them protecting you from yourself sometimes, right? And so I think it's funny because that's how God meant for leadership to work. And it's like, if we if we step out of the process, then that's where the pain and the hurt can come. Right, that, that festers because I think a lot of times we just have to recognize, like, my leader cut me, but it's like. It's not a it's not a cut that it was like to meant to kill me. Right. It's meant to make me better. So there's two parts in that. So there's the leadership is telling you, you know, you right. could do better. Right. This or this isn't the best thing for your life. It could right. take you down. But then there's the there's no grace over our leaders. And this was the concern for the listener is we have to understand that the individual has gone through something. Right. And so, um, you know, if you guys don't know, we all attend The Rock, Parkersburg, and you, yeah. we've had uh, Corner Joe on. Yeah. He's our men's leader. And we've talked about this publicly, but he uh, will sometimes put himself down. I'm like, you don't don't talk this way. Like, you're yeah. not. And he, he's gone through so much, it's almost one of the things he says, I got to work on better. Right. But we as individuals think that our leaders need to be perfect. Right. And even in this own office, we have gone through so many traumatic moments. People so oft time wonder, well, I don't understand why that guy's like that. And they don't uh, realize that there has been mm. scenarios that have kind of created, it's like when you adopt a dog yeah. or especially a dog, they have tendencies. Yeah. We have a lot of grace, like, oh, she was abused. You know, she's yeah. afraid of the washing machine. Like yeah. I had, uh, I had got a dog, was never adopted, but she got freaked out anytime a grocery bag. I think she was transported in a grocery bag because oh, wow. she would melt down, pee the floor the anytime she heard that little ruffle. Yeah. And I found that people, especially leaders, they have traumatic moments. Of course. They're working through their own right. stuff, families, yep. insecurities. And we think, oh no, they just walk in every morning. They put on this, you know, yep. superhero outfit. They uh, put a Bible in the center. It yep. activates, yep. and they have no problems. And it's yep. like Paul was frustrated towards the end of his ministry. Yeah, 
and I and I I want people to have grace for their leaders, yes. but you have to recognize if they're in sin, it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah. But we for can't sure. put them in this hierarchy of, oh, why are they not like this? Yeah, and I, I think I think that's great. Is like there is a time sometimes you have to move on. Right. Like I think that acknowledging that, but it's like every time you get offended or every time that they say something you don't agree with is not the time to move on. <laughs> no. Like I, you know, it's like it, I, I think I think I always if I if I really get offended, I don't get offended much at all. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I, no. I'm not easily offended. There's very everything pretty much just goes over me. Someone says something that's just funny to me. But if there is something that does hit me. I have to take the time personally to go. Why am I offended? Mm-hmm. What 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 happened that caused the offense? Is it right? And then do I need to acknowledge it or do I just deal with it myself? Right. Because I think that is the key to why people hold on to church hurt. They don't ever acknowledge it, so they get they get offended, they get hurt, they don't deal with it, and they don't, never go to the leader that they're submitted under and go, hey. There was a situation and you said this. Right. And I just need to understand what you meant by this. Or, hey, from the pulpit, you said X, Y, Z. I don't necessarily agree with it. Can you show me why you said that? No, that that conversation never happens. Right. So then it's like all these leaders that we hold to such a high regard and like we've submitted under and then we're going to get offended because of one thing. And then what, what the problem, though, is it stacks. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, we, we don't deal with it. And then we just forget about it. And the next thing happens. Right. And then it's like. Man, they did that. They did this too, and it's like, and then you start talking to someone else mm-hmm. who got offended about maybe the same thing. Do you remember the last time? Yeah, and then, and all of a sudden, that's what creates division in churches, right? Is because the the hurt people will find each other very easily. Oh yeah, it's very easy to go to someone and go, "Can you believe Pastor said X, Y, and Z?" Right, and then it's like it creates this almost like this this gaping hole in you mm-hmm. and it's like now everything's passing through it it's like the goods passing through it the bat it's like so here's the best cynical. analogy i heard towards that is that in texas tumbleweeds always have a way of finding each other <laughs> and they're they're nothing but dead yes and tumbleweeds are the worst thing i guess to farmers right because what happens is they all collect at the fence oh. and they end up toppling over the fence wow and dead things always have a natural way of finding each other <laughs> that's good and so when you're saying that is that it's super easy to find out if you're offended because if you, the person you're talking to isn't yeah. thriving, isn't invested in the church yeah. or their Christian walk, sin loves sin. And so loves it's it. very rarely is it like, man, you are doing like, no yeah. one really walks around being like, Hey, uh, your video camera work Sunday was <laughs> impeccable. It was more like, uh, you missed, you know, yeah. when you were holding it, I noticed you were, it was shaky. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, they say that uh, there's, what is it, seven criticisms, you know, to like th- three compliments. Yeah, there's always right. twice as many criticisms yep. than there are compliments. Yep. And I don't know the why. Like, if it's yep. just the way our, our natural flesh is wired. Yeah. But in this new era of social media, yep. uh, I know they had to remove the dislike. I think was it an Instagram? Yeah. Because or yeah, they they they, they the view count like you can disable the like count. Okay, and yep. so it's like this. We've gotten into this uh, like dislike. We notice even with uh, patterns of how people yep. watch social media. The second oh, yeah. they don't like something or they don't think it. A- uh, it matters to them. They're out. Right. Yeah. And I wonder, and that's concerning to me is how many people are out during a church oh, service. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, and, he said this. I'm out. You. Yeah. Do, I call it pulling the ripcord. Yeah. You just pull the parachute and 
<laughs> you head yeah, out. And I, I think that I think that's that's awesome because it's in the sense that I think we have to identify that in our life. Like that happens. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that happens where it's like something can. And this is what I've even noticed: something someone else can say mm-hmm. in church that's not even on the stage can affect how you hear the sermon. Right. So you can get offended just by somebody like in the congregation mm-hmm. or you overhear a conversation you're like, why were they talking about that? And then the entire thing, can you believe? And like, you're not even listening to the sermon. Right. And a lot of times what I've noticed is the sermons and the, the moments that I miss out on, I needed the most. Mm-hmm. And it's just the little weeds that got, the, 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 the enemy, whoever is using to take me out of that moment. Right. And I cuz and I think that's the thing is we have to realize like when does the the thing that we're offended by when does it become a weapon against us? Correct. Because I think sometimes it's cutting us. We think it, we're cutting our leader cuz we're mad at him or mm-hmm. we're like what well, we don't disagree. Sometimes it's cutting us and it's stabbing us because we're having to deal with the offense. Right. We're the ones offended, not them. Right. And it's like I think at what point does it become the film over your eyes? where all you can see is that offense, and it's like everything, because once you live in offense, everything's offensive. Oh, yeah. Everything, and yeah, the little foxes spoil the vine 100%. Right. Uh, and then Alexis said, so then if it just festers in terms of the bitterness, that's why there's so many that hate the church. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is is that, and this is something I've had to recognize, and I've had to go back, and I've had such so much healing in the past like couple years, is because I had to go back and go, where was I wrong? Right. Because there, there's times where I was right and I was I was 100% right and I didn't deal with it right mm-hmm. and I became wrong. So it's like I, I'm in this situation where it's like, oh, the, you know, this, this happened and it wasn't right. But then I dealt with it. I said something or I kicked the hornet's nest instead of going to what I should have and going to my leader and be like, hey, what went on here? I'm kicking the hornet's nest and I'm, I'm, I'm bucking the system. And then it causes all this church hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, had I just dealt with it right in the first place and just gone to my leader or, or just dissolved the issue and understood that I shouldn't have been upset about it, right? then it wouldn't have happened. And then it's like all these things unfold. And then it's like, eventually it's a mountain or a molehill. Right. And you're sitting here going, I just did more damage to myself. I did damage to relationships. I did damage to things that I didn't have to do. But it's a learning process, and I think that's the great thing about being submitted to a leader because I've made so many mistakes. I've made so many, like, accidents, and I, I, I know you meant this. I thought you meant this. And then the leader's like, no, like, it's okay. Like, that, that's all right. Like, right. We'll, we'll take you back. Like, this is, this is how we'll deal with this. And then it's like, great. Then everything's better, and there's, there's no problems. And I think that's the, that's the benefit of being submitted to somebody. Well, in, in all of this, I'm trying to find the verse. I know it's in Matthew. It, it's about its love. And I know Lexis had, we were talking yesterday and she got a word, you know, she was in prayer and she, yeah. I'm kind of stealing it from her because <laughs> she's my spouse and we're one. But yes. she said, the Lord showed her the only way we're going to win this generation over is with love. Right. And we have to have grace and love for our leaders. We have to have yeah, grace and great. love for our fellow uh, people that we attend church with. Because I think we, uh, we say we love, mm-hmm. but do we love? And the, the loving part is, you know, the Bible continually talks about you got to love your enemies. Yeah. And my thing is that the second you disagree with somebody, they're your enemy. You're supposed to love them with grace. You're supposed right. to give them. But it's kind of that like, well, I don't want to. Do you know what they did? And <laughs> yeah. it's like when we choose to love, when we choose to go the higher road, you know, the Bible talks about walking the two miles. Mm. And that was because in that time, 
you were supposed to walk. You, by legal law, uh-huh. an, 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 a soldier could tell an Israelite or Hebrew, you're going to carry my bag for a mile. Uh-huh. And Jesus was like, okay, if they say that, you go two miles. You show them that I'm going to go the extra and about. And it's like, right. when we do that, we don't allow offenses. We yeah. don't allow the work of the enemy because now we're operating. Yeah. And that's the only way I can see that we accomplish all this is through love because right. in Revelations, it talks about you walked away from your first love. Yeah, Love, love, love walks through this whole yeah. Bible. Yeah. And, I, and it's funny because... Love is that emotion you can't feel or right. see. We just know, like Intangible. we know our spouses yeah. love us. Yeah. Why? It's like, well, I just know they do. Yeah. I know God loves me. Yeah. And it's not because of gifts. It's not because right. of favor. It's just like I can feel it. Right. And we need to show our leaders. We need to show our, uh, you know, however you want to talk about the community of our body. But a lot of times we we're easy to pick out the offense. Oh yeah. And I feel that in this coming era of ministers being exposed, mm. we're going to be dealing with another set of church hurt. That's like, sure. this is why I don't want to go to church. Sure. They were using my money sure. or they were doing horrific things to children, yeah. whatever the cause yeah. is, or they couldn't keep it in their pants yeah. from an infidelity. Yeah. But it's like, we can't judge. You know, sometimes I break, you know, like I think it was a few years ago, we went through a spell of ministers committing suicide. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and terrible. a lot of people were like, ugh, what? The, they weren't a strong Christian. And I'm like, right. man, the weight of the world that that was your only out. Yeah. And when you yeah. really think about it, like it's horrible. they had families. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm always like, could you imagine a young boy, a young girl, mm. and now they have to grow up? And hear, oh, my dad committed suicide mm. because he was a pastor. Like, that's not going to make them want to no. walk into it. And I'm like, man, we're going to have to figure this thing out. It's messy. This is where we're at in the yeah. society. We can't keep blaming social media, right. the economy, the government. Right. We so. have to say we are going to be an agent of change only through love. That's yeah. our only option. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, is you kind of handle a little bit there is like, like I, you look at the church that has happened or like things that have gone on that we're not a part of, right? So right. the most recent thing is the Hillsong thing. Right. That didn't happen to me and you. No. So why are, like, I, there's people that take offense to it. They're like, oh, and then now they're like looking at their leader. Right. Like they did it. And it's right. like, they're not Hillsong. They're not. They, right. So it's like, it's funny. My, my friend sent me a, a TikTok and it was like, uh, it was like, uh, what do you call deconstruction? It was like making fun of it. It was like, man, did you watch the Hillsong documentary? Yeah. Man, it's going to take me seven years to heal from that before I go back to church. And it's like, but that didn't happen to you. Right. It's horrible the people that happened to right. you. It's like, my gosh, I, I hope those people get the help they need because that I don't know. Like, if I dealt with that, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I could go to church, but like, I didn't deal with it. Right. You know, I, I'm not walking through that pain. Someone else is. So it's like sometimes we have a, because, the social media society we are, we have sometimes the <laughs> the ability to kind of take on someone else's offense that like oh, we yeah. never even met. Right? Can they? I can't believe they treated that person mm-hmm. that way. And it's like I'm not going to church anymore. Well, your church didn't do that. So like, this <laughs> is the hardest one for myself. Right? Is that when you know ministers, yes. famous people, yes, and people are like, oh, have you heard? And it's like. <laughs> I have to literally bleed my. Yes. I have to bite my tongue. Yes. Because I want to be like, do you? What you? What you don't know, is but the but the but the but. And yeah. it's like, 
it's not even bi- what's happening behind closed doors isn't even biblical and i'm like not yeah. my do- i need to like remove yeah. myself it's not my fight mm-hmm. it's not my job 100%. to uh cast judgment on them because the bible's clear it's like you know if you judge you're going to be judged at that level and i'm like i don't need that in my life let me just let the lord this be movement. the guy there was this movement on uh, social media for a while and granted it's still there but like where like people would like call out like Stephen Frederick because he uses props. Mm-hmm. Like you, you remember like it yeah. was like they call these ministers out and they'd be like, "Can you believe he said this?" And it's like, okay, so you took a fifty-minute sermon and took a thirty-second snippet, and now we're gonna have an entire fifty people are going in there waging war. Two hundred comments. You're wrong. You're wrong. This wrong. And it's like you. None of you attend that church, right? None of you have his personal cell phone number. None of you know him. Or know anyone connected to him. And you're going to cast judgment on this guy because you don't agree with a 30 second. You didn't listen to the whole sermon. You listened to a 30 second snippet. And now you're going to take offense to that and say this, that, and the other. It's like, yeah, he may be wrong in what he's doing. But look at the fruit. Like, look Mm -hmm. at the fruit of what's happening. Is there good fruit happening? Okay, then it's not your position, the police. Right. Or take offense to. Right. Because there are people that would just, I mean, lose their mind. (laughs) I I like props. I'm a visual person, like I said. (laughs) Man, there is a whole section of people that don't believe in using props. They're, I didn't know this, but I, I found out because I had someone on my Facebook feed that, and I was like, what? And I actually read into it. They believe that uh, Jesus used parables, not props. So the way that you should identify things is not through props, through parables. Got it. So instead of using physical things, you know, uh, you need to use your words. Because Jesus was never in a play. Yeah. We can't should, do any type really, of play. the funny thing is, is Jesus turned water into wine. Right. You know, Moses with the staff. And the it's like you think about all the things where God used demonstrations. Right. Props. Yes. And so, they, and it's funny because there, I didn't know it, but I got exposed to this entire side that believes that Stephen Furtick is going to hell because he introduced props to the church. Well, right. first off, Stephen Furtick did not introduce props to the church. People have been doing props long before Stephen right. Furtick. But there's people that really believe that. And it's like, wow, that is something wild but to be offended by. I Again, I, what I have found in my heart is that if you, whatever, you know, the, the saying is, whatever offends you reveals you. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I have a, a friend and he is always like, well, do you really think, it's always, do you really think? And yeah. I said, buddy, you're so legalistic. Yeah. Like you're you're the anti religious that yep. turned religious on yeah. the backside because right. you were trying to find the line. And <laughs> my thing that kept me safe as a teenager was oh, I was never gonna do the crazy I never did hard drugs, never I always let everybody around me do dumb stuff and I was like, I just wanna watch it. Right. You oh, can yeah. do whatever you want, I know. Yeah. But I would bend the line like it was a t- like a guitar string. Yeah. And I think we bend the line in our Christian walk saying like Very much. what is drinking uh, you know, it can I, right. and I'm like, you know, if you, when you find the line, mm. there'll just be a new line you'll draw yeah. in 100%. and whatever, it's all preference, preferenceable, whatever yeah. you want to do. How much do I serve? How much do I give? What? And it's like, dude, it's your walk. It's why yeah. the Bible says, walk out your own salvation. Mm-hmm. But we kind of want the buddy system. Do you believe oh, yeah. this? Okay, if you believe yeah. it, I can believe it. I've yeah. got n- groups and numbers. It's acceptance. That's yeah. what it is. And, that's, like, and it, yeah. Gets, it gets so dicey because... In this modern church, if we don't like it, you yeah. just bounce over. Right. And then, you know, for a while we didn't have a church, so we were living the conference <laughs> lifestyle. It's a fun, that's a fun lifestyle. And 
that is like uh you know there's it's kind of like going to uh you know I'm trying to find an analogy that won't offend people but basically your uh senses become so warped yes. that if you're working them yeah you look at all the people and you go oh they need that yeah i'm here to help you get the Jesus yeah. you're not able to attend. <laughs> yeah. But when you come to a local church, you don't even know how to attend it. Yep. You're like, oh, they need this. Uh, I have things to do. Yeah. And so you're like walking around during the message. Oh, yeah. uh, you're connecting all the dots, yeah. getting ready for the altar call. Right. Who's in line to do this? Yep. And you're working it. And then you, like you said, you build up this thing. You're like, I didn't, I'm not even attending. Yeah. I don't even know how to sit down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because and that was the thing. Like I, we mentioned it last week, but like on the on the uh, encouragement show, but uh, you know, there was a guy that was talking about he was he was leading tech, mm-hmm. and he realized that every single time that there was a service, he would uh, you know when everything he would sit down and use his laptop, mm-hmm. and it was like he would start working, and it was like he didn't need to at that right. point in time, but that was like a ref, like it was like a reflex, mm-hmm. like it, and so uh, what he ended up saying was he realized that he had to feed himself. Mm-hmm. He, If he was leading on empty, it was nobody's fault but his own. Right. And so it was like as leaders, leaders are having to feed themselves. Right. And sometimes we don't respect that. Like yeah. we don't respect the fact that like we want our leaders to feed us, but then we don't want them to take the time to feed themselves. Right, right. Or to go through the journey of learning something. Because it's like it's funny because like we expect our leaders to know everything, but when they're going through a process <laughs> – we want them to have the immediate answer right. instead of like we want the instant like we want the instant gratification but then they're having the walk like they're 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 getting wisdom and they're uh, accessing wisdom that they had to put in a process for oh my young young ministers have it so hard today yes cuz especially if they don't have a building or they're doing their first set of right. hires yeah. they have the pressure of i can't i can't afford to make a miss yeah is it going to cause me there isn't a church that hasn't gone through a church split. So oh, you know goodness. in the back of their mind, they're like, is this the one? Is this my Judas? Yeah. Or is it my Peter? Exactly. You know, you have so much pressure. And if you haven't been in that environment, you just look at it as like, why are they so indecisive? <laughs> why? Are, and it's like, no, they have the weight of the world. Yeah. They're trying with their best. This is, they've given up their life passions, you know, and they, we look at ministers as if like, oh, I, I, I know we all want to say we want to be in the ministry, yeah. but nobody wants that responsibility. No. It's like, I don't want that. I, I was at a church that like right before a major conference, the church floods, like like the the, the back of the church just floods. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we had to do so much work and so much things and things fell through the cracks here, there, but like mostly everything, everything were, and we got to the conference and nobody knew. Mm-hmm. Like you, you walk in, it would be no, no idea that the church flooded, no idea that the sanctuary was sitting in an inch of water. Mm-hmm. But, some people were like, well, why didn't so-and-so return my phone call? It's like, well, he was here till midnight right. <laughs> sucking the water out of the carpet. Right. And it's like, it's just there's things that go on in leaders' lives that like they're having to be the ones that allow you to come to that conference, so to this come is, to that church. On that vein, I found is very hard for people to uh, deal with is that like, you know, we're all working. It feels like no one's ever getting ahead. Right. Life is super yep. expensive. But when... Um, we hear that our minister is going on vacation, <laughs> and especially if it's in a church oh that is uh, like suffering financially, yeah. or you know, and it's like so. We were part of a, a church, and and his thing, you know, he worked super hard, was gone from his family. He wanted to spend one week at Disney World with his family, yeah, and that was like his way of like just reconnecting. Yeah. And, okay, that's their thing, 
But when he would go, the amount of talk I had to deal with was like, I can't believe he's, he's doing over. that. I'm like, you know, he has kids. You know, yeah. he has a wife. Right. He needs to have downtime. Right. If that's what he enjoys, let him. Why is he doing this? Yeah. I haven't been on vacation in 10 years. How dare he? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, there's <laughs> things called timeshares. Yeah. Uh, buy some, like, you know, and it's like, Help it's yourself. so hard yeah. because we want, if we're suffering, that's the thing that I have found that's that people good. want yep. our minister to suffer. Yep. Um, you know, I knew a minister in Las Vegas who was given a, uh, Ford decided to come back with the Thunderbird car, ugliest car ever, yeah. but they gave it to him. Hmm. And so many people were like, can you believe he went out and bought this car? <sighs> oh my gosh. He had to sell it a month later because of the amount of criticism yep. that somebody gifted, yep. but they thought that he was driving a $80,000 car. It was a $30,000 piece of junk. Didn't wow. look cool. Didn't drive fast. But perception always kills Everything. us because we're thinking that he's spending church mm -hmm. money, that he was doing this. And it's yep. like, it. we don't want them to have any life. Yeah, I mean, like, so I was at, I was at church where no one ever took vacations like that. And then the, I go to another church and I'm a staff there. And uh, the pastor took like a month sabbatical. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's incredible that 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 that, that the, the church structure allows that, that they, right. there's people in place to... That when the, when he leaves, like the church functions, mm -hmm. people still get ministered to. There's still hospital visits. There's still outreach happening. The sermons are still good on Sunday. Like worship's still great. Everything's and and this person's able to go in and with their family and like actually like receive from God, hear from God, and also spend time with their family. Because before I I the the group that I was with before used to make fun of that, mm -hmm. and then I got to witness it, and I was like, oh, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. Like good, good for them. Good because you watch what. The, if you've ever been on staff at a church and you've been able to witness the things that happen behind closed doors, you would love if your pastor went on a month sabbatical. Right. Because it's like what they have to deal with on a year-to-year -year basis, on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's like they need a break. Right. They need time with their, their spouse, well, their family. Well, we want everyone to family. live the life that we live. Oh, yeah. So if you're the 70-hour uh, work person, yeah. well... I'm doing 70 hours a week. I'm juggling this. What's right. wrong? Are they weak? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, or if you're super empathetic, you have a lot of emotions. Yeah. How come, you know, they need, like, we want everyone to be the way we are. Yep. We don't understand. God built That's them good. individually. They're unique. Yes. And God, and I found we need to attend where God placed us because it, <laughs> I always call it that, like, I, what I found is I thought I needed a certain style of ministry. Uh, yeah. And I, there was like three that I was like looking and God's like, you need to yeah. come here. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. I didn't realize how, uh, I call it like a vitamin deficiency. Yeah. I was in like loving people. Right. Uh, just slowing down. Yep. Uh, family relationship. Yep. I was all about the cause driven, yep. driven, driven, driven. So I was like, yep. let me hook up with some driven people and yep. we're going to win the world. And I realized, no, what I needed was this. Yep. And you never know when you're uh, vitamin deficient. No, yeah. Until something breaks. Yes, yeah, And exactly. that's what I would encourage you. If you, you know, trust God, even if it doesn't look like the church that you're a part of is the one that you want to be a part of, or this is not what I have chosen, because you're probably, God's wanting to show you something that you're deficient in. And God can only give you through humans. Like, we, we have this misnomer that... Angels are going to drop down uh, buckets of love, and gods are going to drop down and, and always want to, like, yeah. you know, give us this. It's like, but it has to come through an individual. That's and good. we have to have the, the love and patience to realize, hmm, 
I needed some of that. Like, yeah. we don't ever think we no. need vitamins. And, right. you know, you'll find out in 15 years yeah. as life slows down. <laughs> you're like, oh, I probably should take a multivitamin. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's like those things that we don't think about. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah. I probably should have done that in my 20s. Yeah. I mean, I look back at things and I go, like, there's certain places I was at that, like, there was one place in particular I didn't love that I was there. Like, now looking back on it, there was a lot of craziness that happened and, like, a lot of things I had to heal from the following three years. Right. Like, there's, like, stuff I went through and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, wow, I wish I never would have had to deal with that. But then I'm like, look at all the things I was able to take away from it. Right. Good and bad. But in the, in the bad, in the sense of knowing, like, I shouldn't do this. This is not what a leader does. And then other things going good of, I learned X, Y, Z. I got this connection. I got this. Like, all these things. And it's like, I needed to be in there for that moment. And like I was talking about about the things of, like, whether I created the, the situation or, like, I, I was the one that, that, that took things out of proportion. It was... I, I learned that there. Right. I learned that like my reaction needs to be a certain way versus the way I, I was wired. Because mm-hmm. I was wired. I was a bull in China shop. I still am. <laughs> but I'm I'm very much, um, I, I guess I'm calculated when right. what China I ruined. Right. <laughs> and so I, I think that's where I learned it was in that environment. And it's like at the time and even three years removed from it, I was like, I, I, I wish I never would have been there. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have never said yes to that. But it's like then God's like, no, like if you if you wouldn't have said yes and you would have even hit the eject button early, you wouldn't have learned X, Y, Z. Because like there was one time I was thinking about, well, I should have left after this year or after this. And it's like, yeah, but then what about this? Like right. what about this person that you met that now like you have a good relationship with and, and been able to accomplish things and learn from? Or what about this this event that if you weren't there, this wouldn't happen? Right. And I started realizing like all of these things. And it's like I think sir, sometimes we we – banish things from our memory or say like this was a bad experience but then if we really look back on it we're like oh god was in it right like i like i think i could think back to the speak life interview with christine where she was like god was still in things that she Mm -hmm. started when she think look back at her testimony thing she would look back and there were things that god was still there in it all right and i think a lot of times when we're going through bad situations or even we're like you said like we're called to somewhere and it's not going great Mm -hmm. god's still there right and my and the thing that makes me go back to the scripture is David never would have planned to be on the run mm-hmm. from Saul for his life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gets anointed. Uh, you're going to be king. You know, it has to be done kind of even in private because they're afraid right. Saul finds out. Right. Are they going to kill him? Yeah. Could you imagine being told you're going to be king of, of Israel <laughs> and then you have to go serve in his army? That's great. And I could imagine if you did that nowadays, like, well, I can't go out there. I might die and yeah, then I won't yeah. be king. Yeah. Like David had no, uh, he didn't think, well, I, I, I got to not be doing right. that because I'll, I'll lose my ability. I, I, I can't go exactly. to school. And I, and I want to encourage you that if, if you feel like you're going through persecution or hell, really immerse yourself in that early eight story of uh, David and Saul, because David had two opportunities to kill him and he never did. <laughs> he actually yeah. pulled back, yeah. Wanted to see the best for him, yeah, and never even tried to put him in a position. Mm. And it's like we have to always protect our leaders. We have to always yeah. understand God has a plan. He'll work it out for us. Yeah, and we don't always have to menace in God's plan in the sense of destruction. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get back at yep. Johnny. I'm going to take out Susie for uh, you know this, she got yeah. the position right. of leading this, and it's like. Well, did you really want it anyways? Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of authority. We just want the authority and recognition. Yeah. But yeah. my encouragement to you is understand that God 
loves you. God has a plan, but the only way we fight this is through love, because I can tell probably we could go hours. If you didn't choose yeah. to love your leaders, mm-hmm. then why you could have yeah. grown so bitter. Oh, Even sure. if you did grow bitter, yeah. you still had to find love for sure. in it. Is oh, it just yeah. becomes yeah, a I menace. Mean, and I think that's the thing, because even like you said in the beginning, like well, love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the bridge right there is love. It's like that's how I think you stay uh, not unoffended, but you stay from letting it fester. Right. Because the whole point is you're going to get offended. Like, yes. let's not pretend like that's not going to happen. Like, you're going to get cut. You're going to get offended. There's things going to happen. You're going to be like, why is this happening? Right. But the bridge is love. Like, in the sense of, like, I love them enough that if this happens, if this offense happens, I'm not going to let that fester. I'm not going to let it grow in the bitterness. I'm going to deal with it internally or I'm going to deal with it one-on-one. I'm going to get this taken care of because out of love for that person, love for what is around us, I'm not going to let this take it out. Right. Because a lot of times we, it's like, we won't fix the things that get broken in our lives if we don't love it. Right. Like, you know, like, oh, this toy gets broken. It's like, oh, the kid didn't care about it. We're not going to get fixed. But if the, if the kid loved that, what are we going to do? We're going to go to the store. We're going to buy it or we're going to fix the toy. Right. But if it was like one of those dumb toys, it's like a dollar or whatever. We're not fixing that. (laughs) Right. There's no value to it. Right. So it's like if we don't put value to the thing, if you're not fixing something, there may not be value on it. And maybe you're wrong. Maybe there should be value on it. Maybe you should value that thing. And that's a lot of times we don't fix the things in our lives that are broken because we don't value it. Right. And I get it. There are some things. Go deeper in that. You probably don't value yourself. Right. Exactly, and that that's a big deal because if you don't value yourself, your self worth, right? Then it's like, of course, you're not going to fit because that that's why there's so many broken people that are broken inside and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. There's things in them that are broken because they didn't care enough about themselves to go, you know, ten years ago this was said to me and it's led me down this process of hating this about myself, and they don't deal with it. It's like what Alexis was talking about body image. It's like there's things that were that people said to her that hurt her and then she realized she had to deal with it years later Mm -hmm. and she didn't have the self-love and the self-care to go i need to fix this and so i think a lot of times because we don't value ourselves or others or whatever we don't fix it it's like the the people that are like and you know them relationship terrorists Mm -hmm. people that just ruin relationships and they're just bulldozers they never valued that relationship in the first place right so of course they're not going to go back and fix it like and so that's what I think is like don't be a relationship bulldozer. Right. And and I think a lot of times we I I've been a relationship bulldozer. I've been right. someone like this person like I if they care about me they don't whatever and just, and it's like no I've had to go back and go I'm sorry like I was acting out of a dumb place I was right. not and it's like you have to value things because if you're not fixing things there's something there's value lost there. right. So I think that's I think that's the biggest thing is like when the fence happens like. You have to value and love that person and love that relationship and love the place you're at enough to want to fix it. Because that's, that's why, look at church splits and things. It's like a lot of times, and I get it, there's a there's agendas where it was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like church splits were just going to happen because somebody came in there and they're like, oh, I like this congregation. I'm going to take them. Right. That's, but the, you look at like the, the church splits that happen out of hurt, out of offense. And it's like there's a divide that starts. It's like someone didn't value something to fix it. Mm-hmm. And then it starts affecting all the others. And like you said, then the tumbleweeds start coming. Yep. And then they start grouping up. And it's like something wasn't valued enough for people to fix. And now they're all starting to group up. And it's like a lot of times that's where like you have people that, that, that the whole church turns against the pastor. Right. Is because it's like they the, the people in themselves weren't valuing enough. And then the pastor is not valuing enough. Because there's right. sometimes there are leadership. Because I think we focus on a lot of like us with leaders. But there are leaders that do things that are wrong. 
right. and they don't fix it and they don't value it and then their congregation turns sour. Mm-hmm. And it's like they didn't value their congregation enough to, 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 to fix the situation. Right. They cared about their reputation more. Right. Or and they're so, naive. Or they're naive. And that, that's a whole other thing. And it's like, well, they needed that situation to grow. And now right. they know. Like, And so it's like, but I think a lot of times if there's things in your life that are broken, identify if it has value. If it has value, fix it. Because, well, and I want to press in on that for a second because looking at my ministry, like being part of churches, going all the way back to five, yeah, I've never had till today a pastor that didn't deal with infidelity mm. or just being like just weak, mainly right. infidelity. Right. And I go all the way back and I recognize that the enemy was trying to keep me from a church body. Mm. Like, and if you don't recognize there's, I, I say Good. there's systems, cycles and God, God is trying to promote you, use you, and the enemy knows what your potential is, That's and really he's good. sending things, and you'll have uh, assumptions. Well, I feel like I should be heard more, and it's like, okay, yeah. be careful, because the enemy will do things to self-sabotage you, yep. to never get you in your full design, right. and if you got into it, all the things wouldn't really matter, and That's I had good. to recognize, man... The enemy's been after me to stay out of church and try to create mm. this paradox where I don't need a pastor. I don't need. I'm running a ministry, so why would yeah. I be a part of a ministry? Yeah, you'll feed yourself by yeah. reading the Bible. Yeah, and then <laughs> you have like the the you know we used to have telephone tough guys. Now oh, we have yeah. you know uh, social media people who are running a. They, you ask them, oh, I run a ministry. Oh, well, I have it. It's on my uh, social media. I have uh, yeah. 18 people on my live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you attend anywhere? No, that's I have a home church. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. And so you have to be careful because the enemy loves to distract you or promote you incorrectly. And yeah. you have to really guard. Yeah. Because we forget that. We just start dealing with our emotions. Oh, yeah. And so Absolutely. I see Alexis is writing in. Yeah, right. She said, I remember when we were in a season where we said that we didn't need to go to church. We could just do our own thing, which was so wrong. Well, because yeah. you, you get under the guise of we're doing ministry. Right. Like, and so how are we going to attend to church? Yeah. And the thing I've noticed too is um, even the people that travel a lot and stuff, they have like, they're submitted under something. Right. And I think that's the sign of a healthy, healthy leader. ones are. Yes. Healthy, yes, healthy ones are. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's take that. <laughs> healthy leaders. I, because I think I look at this and I say, okay, the healthiest leaders in my life that I've seen are connected to someone above them that's holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is a lot of times we'll encounter leaders and in this kind of starts with like what we were talking about earlier about the departmental leaders in churches sometimes aren't submitted to someone higher. Right. Or they are, but they're not really, and so they don't have the heart of that leader. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the the severance of someone above them is their lack of right. whatever they're lacking, that's the cause of it. And so that's what something I realized was I need to submit the people above me because even as a leader, a leader in a media department, it's like I've got to have someone hold me accountable. So I had people in my life that I let speak into my life, say harsh things, but it helped me because it helped me become a better leader. Right. And so it's like that's how you know a leadership a leader is 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 as healthy as when they have input coming from above them or people at least their peers mm-hmm. they're allowed they're they're allowing people to speak in their lives because once once someone stops letting people speak in their life at some point something's going to go wrong right because there's no life coming in from another perspective and then you get so caught up in your own bubble and your own that you start doing things and people are like that's so insensitive <laughs> and you're like well, yeah, but it made sense five years ago. And it's like, yeah, but we're five years later. Like, right. you can't do that. And it's We like, have to evolve, too. Yeah, and it's like, that's the the problem is, like, the people that don't have people to hold them accountable, they they just go off the rails. And that's what Alexis is saying. You know, we were so hurt 
and you know we were as a couple we had our our own issues like oh, yeah. meaning like she had this i was like oh, i don't want anybody to tell me what right. to do i'm done you know being told yeah. what to do and and being yeah. mismanaged but my concern is and this is what the whole show was about is understand we're human understand uh the leaders that are around you they're going through things they have yep. struggles they have insecurities yep. they have uh they're they're reaching for faith hoping that this works out right but understand that you play a piece in part of that whole puzzle mm. you can't be the whole puzzle and when bad news hits over the next months year to recognize god is wanting to cleanse his church god wants purity back are we going to be part of that purity or are we going to be the hypocrites because you know one thing that was uh you know really stinging is to think that there was no proof or shown that a pharisee or a uh a Sadducee actually came to Christ. Mm. They were so hypocritical of what Jesus was doing yeah. that they missed the whole message. So crazy. They stood on the outside going, well, why are you healing on the Sabbath? Right. Why are you doing this? Yep. Who are you? Yep. That they missed the message of God. And my concern is that we have created this ability to judge, mm. but not be a part. <laughs> and so good. my heart goes yeah. out to anybody who feels that way. We definitely want to pray for you. We definitely want you to know that you are loved. God does love you, that leaders are human. We're all trying. And yes, there are bad ones. Just like in sports, there's bad uh, individuals that are getting paid millions of dollars, and you don't know how. You know, you wonder why this guy's a coach. You know, you're like, this guy can't figure out how to run a a sports team that's worth billions of dollars, but yet he's given the keys. We just have to recognize there's some people that are good. There's some people that are mediocre, but wherever God has put you, be thankful. Understand God has you there for a reason. You don't know if it's uh, geographical. You don't know the why. You don't know if you're going to meet a relationship, but God knows ultimately. But if we miss it because we're not operating in love, we will become that uh, Sadducee, that heresy of like, but why, but why, but why? And yes. once you start the questioning God, mm. I don't think you ever stop. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because I think the same thing comes in the cynicism. When yes. you start to be cynical, like it's like what I said, like I am I am cynical in a lot of areas. What I've learned to stop doing is allowing my cynicalness to affect my decision making. Mm-hmm. And so I think once you start being cynical, everything is cynical. So you have to protect yourself. It's the same thing. It's you have to say I'm not going to allow this to affect and cloud my judgment. One good church hurt and you'll uh it's it's over it'll, it'll like never. yeah. And so you have to recognize that of yourself because I think a lot of times we can put this on other people. Mm-hmm. Well, they, this happened and I'm this way because of that person they mm-hmm. did this that and the other. It's like we well, now it's you. Right. Now you're acting like this. Yep. Not them. You may have acted like this because of, you may have been hurt, but but now this is on you now. Right. So I think a lot of times we're just having to sit there and go, okay, we're because I think at some point it becomes a choice, right? Because yep. we get hurt and and things happen, and then we we deal with it, and then where we go from there is where God's looking at us, saying, "What are you going to do now?" Right. You just went through this problem. What are you going to do now? Right. And so after that, it's a choice. Right. After we've been hurt, after we've dealt with it, however we dealt with it. Whether we decide not to deal with it or we decide to fa- face it a certain way, now we have to decide how we're going to go. Where are we going from here? And so that's where it's a decision. Right. It's a choice. And so eventually it's like you can stop putting it on other people because you made a choice. Right. Because I think that that's the point. Once you make a choice in the matter, then that, where you're going is your own your own decision. 
Nobody, like, yes, yeah, someone may have got you to that point, but you made a decision to go down that road. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like if, uh, you know, you leave somewhere prematurely because of a situation and you look back and go, I shouldn't have left there. Well, so-and-so shouldn't have done that. And it's like, but you made the choice to leave. Right. There was a choice to stay. And that's kind of where I want to like end it is that you look at Jesus, he gets done feeding the masses. Yeah. And then he leaves to go to pray mm-hmm. and there's nobody there. Yeah. And at one point he turns to his disciples and said, are you leaving too? Uh, and yeah. it's like, Jesus knew he had to move on <laughs> and he could have got super offended and been like, yeah. you know what? I'm never feeding you guys again. Like all you want, and we get this like persona they want. People want my gifting. Mm-hmm. People want my money. They want a relationship. That's but good. we have to continue to plow on even yeah. if our closest don't want to to continue with us. Yeah. If it's just you, if it's just you and your spouse, however, because you have to use the Bible as like a, a, a play manual in my world, is yeah. that I see Jesus, you know, mathematically he was a failure. <laughs> he could only recruit 12. Right. He only had three homies that were yeah. really He wanting... wouldn't be a mega church by the No, he would have been, a, you know, he got the crowd and then didn't uh, figure out how to keep them. He had a home church. Yeah, he had, well, he had a home church of 5,000 <laughs> as long as he was doing the feeding. Right, right. And it's like, we have to recognize it can't be about numbers. It yeah. can't be about who's following us because mm-hmm. at times there will be these rifts where even the close yeah. leave. Yeah. And so, but as soon as the Holy Spirit comes on, you're now seeing a movement where thousands are coming into the church yeah. daily. And it's like, I want to encourage you to say God is about to do something big, but yes. there will be a shaking. I don't think God is happy with the church, like corporately, not a yeah. personal church, yeah. where we have personal agendas, mm-hmm. but we have to allow God to be the judge. We have to allow God, because we, what are we going to do? We're just going to make multi, more Christians look like heretics. Yeah, Like, we can all point out sin and flaws. It's easy. Like, yeah. hey, you're lazy. Hey, you're this. Hey, you're yeah. that. But if we don't love people, what mm. what do we get out of it? Then exactly. we're, we've removed Jesus out mm. of the equation. Yeah. So I really hope this has helped you guys. Yeah. I want you to understand we're all human. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, you know, to put on a smiling face every day. I get it. Um, but I just want to encourage you to give your minister grace, especially uh, if they have a family, uh, really if they have young ones, that they have to raise those kids. You want to uh, help your ministers understand that they are trying to help uh, probably 20 of those families that you are. Yeah. You know, if you attend a church of 100, uh, 200, yeah. and it just multiplies. And give your minister grace, uh, because being in this thing since I was probably like about the same age, 15-ish, yeah. I have seen it over and over the same patterns that there's misunderstandings, mm-hmm. there is directions that the church needs to go that I don't support, and then you have to make a choice. But overall, if you support your minister when there is no sin, it's just uh, decisions, and it, maybe it's not yours. It's better to keep the peace than it is mm-hmm. to be the one that's upsetting the app. And a lot we've caught it in this new era of oh, I'm the uh, I'm the agitator, I'm the <laughs> protester, and it's yes. like. You know, what is it going to do? And I love that verse. What do I gain if I have all the gifts? If I can heal people, I can do this. But if I don't have love, I'm a clinging symbol. Yeah, that's how you are. And Jesus said it. It gets repeated back in Revelation. So I encourage you, use God's love. And if you can't love them, ask Jesus to have his love. There are people 
that we've all come across where you're just like, I don't know if I have it in me. But oh, when you ask yeah. the Holy Spirit to empower you with his love, yeah. that is when you're truly loving with Jesus's love. Is it's that, really good. you know, you can ask for his love when you don't feel like it, when you think that they're your enemy, because that's what Jesus said, love your enemy. Well, mm. then ask Jesus for his love to love your enemy. It can't be done in, in our own physical, because who would want to love your enemy? So right. I really want to encourage you stand in, never give up. You know, I'm not that old in the faith, but I have seen it over and over. I'm super glad to be in it. Yeah. I have plenty of friends that have bowed out. Their life isn't any better. They have walked away from it. They have still reasons why they can't serve God. Mm -hmm. But I want to encourage you staying in it, being proactive, knowing where God has called you feels way better than just sitting on the sidelines because man, time goes by and then once that offense comes, there's 20 more, and it oh, rarely do you yeah. get off. So yeah. I want to pray for you. you have any other no, lasting words? Yeah, that's it. I mean, just make sure that every day that you're checking yourself and you're making sure that you're in a right place. Mm -hmm. And I think just continuously feed yourself. And I think the biggest thing, too, is like, understand like have sympathy for your leaders like have sympathy for the people that are around you and uh don't feel like you always have all the information because you may not right. and uh and and the biggest thing too is like just when you're going through this walk of life understand that like other people are alongside with you and a lot of times that's your leaders and you know they're going through the same struggles you are and uh just make sure that you don't lose the human factor because when we think that we're better than uh, you know, we're, we're, we're dismissing the fact that someone else is human too. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, it's been good. Well, we just thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to like and share. Yep. I know tomorrow we've got another speak life dropping at the culture show. Chad's, uh, got his now, uh, yep. back pocket creative. We also have the CA podcast with me and yep. Vinny on Mondays. So there's a lot happening, but we love you guys. We want definitely want to encourage you. So let me pray for you. I just pray right now, father, for every person out there, because God, offenses will come, Lord. But I pray that you would help them, that you would show them how to love uh, out of misunderstanding, that you would give them the grace to be uh, slow to speak, quick to hear, that we would give grace to our leaders, yes. that we would try to ask. You know, I just hear the Holy Spirit say, ask me to understand what's going on in this situation. Oh, yeah. Ask me and I will guide you, I will show you, and I will lead you. So ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in this delicate time, if it is especially a situation of sin or even frustration, so that you will not be like them. Don't let yourself become the person that you are disgruntled with. And so as we walk in love, I just pray, Father, that you would help them understand your love, that you have a corporate purpose, you have a corporate plan, but you also have an individual plan. So even to the one individual that's listening that has been slighted, that's been wrong, you still have a plan for their life. Show them, reveal it to them, encourage them, God, to not give up because ultimately you win and we win yes. with you. So I just pray peace over you, joy over you for the week to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we will see you guys next week. See ya.